0: Hello, I'm Dr. Ling Huang. In the last episode, we looked at the structure of DNA and RNA and how that affects its function. Now in this episode, I will discuss about how the genetic information in our DNA is being transferred to RNA and how this process is being regulated. Transcription is the process where our genes are being copied from our DNA to make RNA. And from RNA, the genetic code is then made um, to use to make the proteins in our body. Transcription uses an enzyme called RNA polymerase. And what the polymerase does is that it takes the sequence on DNA and transcribes it to make single-stranded RNA. Bacteria has only one RNA polymerase, while eukaryotes have three RNA polymerase to synthesize mRNA, tRNA, and rRNA. And I will be primarily talking about eukaryotic transcription here. There are three main steps in transcription, initiation, elongation, and termination. Because polymerase on its own does not have enough activity to start transcription, it needs other proteins to help it bind and unwind DNA to start transcription. These are called general transcription factors. There are specific sequences on DNA that act as a signpost to tell the transcription factor and polymerase where to bind to and this is called the promoter. The promoter sequence in eukaryotes consists mainly of A's and T's, and is hence called the tata box. There are also other DNA sequences called enhancers that activator proteins can bind to. These enhancers are located thousands of base pairs away from the chromatin. But because of DNA looping and the condensed structure of chromatin, they are able to activate the promoter region for transcription. Once polymerase and other transcription factors assemble at the Tata box, DNA strands are then separated to form the open complex. Polymerase can then start transcribing the DNA template strand. It synthesizes RNA by joining each complementary ribonucleotide to the next one to form an RNA-DNA hybrid strand. And when the RNA transcript reaches more than 10 nucleotides long, polymerase then breaks interactions with the promoter and transcription factors and escapes into transcription elongation. During elongation, the polymerase is highly processive, transcribing about 50 nucleotides per second, while in bacteria, it can go up to 1,000 base pairs per second. But because the RNA transcript is single-stranded, it is less stable than a DNA duplex. So the 5' end of it is kept to protect it from rna degradation. Once polymerase reaches the end of the gene and transcription terminates, a poly-A tail is being added onto the 3' end to the RNA transcript. This makes RNA more stable and protects it from degradation. However, what's different between the RNA in bacteria and us is that ours contains split split genes. This means that the primary RNA transcript contains sequences that code for proteins and some that don't. And those that code for proteins are called exons, and the non-coding genes are introns, and that our RNA actually contains both of them. So in order to remove the introns and put together the exons, the RNA needs to be cut up and pieced together like a puzzle. This process is called splicing. And the enzyme that does this is called the spliceosome. The spliceosome is a large and complex molecular machine that consists of small nuclear RNAs found in the cell nucleus. It recognizes the splice junctions between the introns and exons. And removes the introns to join up the exons that code for a protein. And sometimes it can undergo alternative splicing where different patterns of introns and exons are joined together to produce different proteins. So, if our genome has 3 billion base pairs, but only 1% of our genes code for proteins, what happens to the 99% that are non coding? They still have important functions in regulating gene expression by turning genes on and off. In steroid hormones such as cortisol, they bind to the glucocorticoid receptor in the cell cytoplasm. This steroid receptor complex then undergo a conformational change that is activated to bind to a specific gene in the nucleus. It then travels to the nucleus and can then upregulate the expression of anti-inflammatory proteins or repress the expression of pro-inflammatory proteins. And this is how steroid hormones regulate gene expression.